This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We opened up a, a series last week called More God. And we talked about more of God in our lives and what that means to us. We talked about more of his goodness, more of his blessings. I think everyone said, you know, have I got more of God in my life? What's going to happen? Well, we, we talked about his promises, his provision, his peace, his presence. We talked about a lot of things that, that as, as there's more of God in my life, there's more joy in my life. There's more strength in my life. So I, I think it, it, you're, you're a Wednesday night crowd, right? So if I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think that and there are other things you could have done tonight, but you can't. And so basically what you're saying is there's something in me that wants more of God in my life. And, uh, and so more of God, what, what does that mean? So we talked about some of the benefits, but then we talked about the other side of that is more of God requires more of us. And that we can come as close to the Lord as we want. And see, that's a, another, that's a, a marvelous thought, is that I can come close, I can have a relationship with the Lord, that, and sometimes people disqualify themselves. They say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just this. Well, not in God's eyes. You're not just of this. In God's eyes, if you're, you're his child, you can have as close a relationship as you want. You're his child. And, and so don't get caught up in roles Alan can be close because he's the pastor. Joy can be close because she's perfect. And, uh, you know, Justin is a worship leader. And, and oftentimes, if you're not careful, unconsciously, you can, you can take yourself out or disqualify yourself from ever having a close relationship with the Lord. And you hear people say, well, I'm not spiritual. You know, my wife's the spiritual one. I'm not, I'm not that spiritual. That's your choice. The choice we have is we can be as close to the Lord as we want to be. And the Bible said, if you'll, in fact, it, it said, draw close to me, the Bible said in James, and the Lord said, and I will what? I'll draw close to you. It didn't say I'm going to reject you. It didn't say I'm going to spurn you. It didn't say you're not good enough. And so that idea that we can come close, and that's a marvelous idea. I, I, I'm so glad that, that the limits are off with God. I wanted to play basketball. I loved basketball growing up. I'm limited in my basketball ability. I'm five, I, w I was five, ten and a half. I don't even want them to know. I hadn't even measured in a while. I don't get that matter anymore. But, but, you know, at five, ten and a half, and you can't dunk, there's just not a whole lot of opportunity to play shooting guard for the NBA at my size. I'm limited. To even play starting high school ball. I spent a lot of bench time. You might understand what, what, what bench time is? Yeah, that's, anyway. I was limited. But I'm glad with God, I'm not limited. Aren't you glad the Lord doesn't look and go, no, you're too old. Or you're the wrong color. You're the wrong gender. Aren't you glad that he looks at you and goes, you're my child. Door's open. Come on in. So we can be as close as we like. Here's a, here's a great prayer, and I'm, I'm going I'm to jump to something else, but I, I wanted to, 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 to leave you with a powerful prayer. Paul prayed some prayers in, in the scriptures, and these are good prayers. Now, here, here's where, how you can pray these prayers. You can pray these prayers for yourself. You can pray these prayers for other people. But they're a good prayer. In fact, this one that I'm going to read tonight is one of the key prayers I pray for you as a church. 
Pray for the church members. It's here in Colossians. So go ahead and put it up, guys. For this reason, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. Applies to the church in Conroe. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, will you leave it up there just for a second? Okay, string, yeah, go ahead. I just. <laughs> Thank you. That was my bad. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. There's a lot in there. Back up to that first one, if you would, again. Now, here's how you can pray this. Father, I pray and ask that if you're praying this for yourself, ask that you would fill me with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that I may walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of you. See how you can do that? You can put somebody else's, that's a good, pray to, a good prayer to pray for someone else. Father, we ask that you would fill them with the knowledge of his will. How many of you know people right now that, that you know they're not living in God's best for their life? And so, you know, it's, I've heard people say, I'm praying that the Lord just breaks them just breaks them. Do not pray that prayer for me. Would you not do that? You're going to pray a prayer for me? Pray this one. It's praying that the Lord breaks them. This is a, this prayer in Colossians, there's one in Ephesians, there's, well, there's two in Ephesians, and this one in Colossians, these are Holy Spirit inspired prayers. And what they're praying is that God would enlighten us, that we would see some things, and that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. So we're talking about more of God. If you're filled with the knowledge of his will, for his plan, for his people, for our lives. You know, I always knew growing up, because I was raised in a church that preached salvation a lot, I always knew that God wanted me to be saved. And so when I finally just decided to stop running from God, it was very easy for me to receive from him because I knew that was his will. The more you know his will, the more it's easier to receive from him. If you're always wondering, it's harder to receive. Filled with the knowledge of his will, that we may walk worthy. That's to live a life that reflects well on him, his character, his commitment to people. We will walk worthy of the Lord. That sounds like a very high calling there, but it is. But it's a great goal. And that we'll be fully pleasing him. Now this goes beyond what God can do for us and gets into how can we please God. We know it's going to require faith. But how, how we can be fully pleasing to him, that we will be fruitful in every good work. That means productive in all areas. Productive as members of the body of Christ, productive in our relationships, family, friend, productive in our vocation, fruitful, every good work. So these are good prayers to pray and to pray for ourselves because we'd like to see more of this in our life. So this is requiring more of us, but we're asking God, would you enlighten us, help us, because we want to walk worthy of you. I want to shift a little bit because as we're talking about more of God, more of God, and this is, this is my next key point, involves our perspective and participation of his word. More of God is going to involve more of his word. And I, I think the challenge we have is, is we haven't emphasized it enough how valuable God's word is to us. And so oftentimes people look at his word like it's a, 
a religious duty. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to read Bible 365. By the way, a lot of you guys are reading Bible 365. It's, it's up huge. Keep it up. It's good. It'll help you. But here's, here's, here's the thing. Often, often I realize we don't know the value of it. And what we don't tend to value, we don't tend to place importance on. When I grew up and when I, 40 years ago, when I came and started, went back to church, man, that's all you heard is God's word and God's word and God's word teaching. And there were conferences and a lot of that. And people really put an emphasis on God's word. I, I thank God for that. That helped me tremendously. But we have to understand the value of it. I watched a YouTube clip. Uh, I'd seen it before. I, I, I resaw it. it. It was a real interesting clip of a guy who walked into, he's a, he's a vet, army vet, older guy. He walked into a, the Antique Roadshow. You ever watch Antique Roadshow? That's an that's a interesting show. I don't watch it much, but it's always fascinating because I think it always makes everyone think maybe there's a treasure in the attic somewhere. Or maybe grandma's got a treasure that we don't know about. And th this guy walked into an Antique Roadshow and he had a, a watch. He had a a watch that he bought in 1960. He was in the army. He was in Germany in 1960, and he brought he bought a Rolex for 120 bucks, which ain't ever happening again. <laughs> and and he, and he bought this watch. This guy must be one of those kind of people that, that kept the first dollar he ever made. He had the receipt. He had all the paperwork. He had everything. And he was sitting there talking. Just a, you can just tell he's just a real sweet old guy. And he's standing there, and, and, uh, and, and the, uh, the appraiser starts talking to him. The expert starts talking to him. He says, uh, this was the first year they ever made this watch. Here's the date. And he started going through all the details. He said, a watch like this sometimes can go at auction between thirty-five dollars and $45,000. And the little guy looked. He, he went, he went, I was hoping I could get 1500 for it. But then the appraiser said, but not your watch. He says, your watch, because of, dun, 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 your watch will go at auction between fifty dollars and $75,000. And this guy was just, he was speechless. Well, if you can believe the YouTube comments, which I don't, but if you can, um, they said that he did take it to auction and it actually went for about one hundred and fifteen. dollars but when I, when I, what, you can tell his whole perspective of that watch changed. Oh, it was a beat-up watch. And I'm sure he was thinking, man, if I get 1500 bucks for it, I mean, I'll be so happy. 1500 bucks. How about 115000 It changed his perspective. Now, here's my question. How do we value God's Word in our life? You know, we have a tendency, and I think it's a human tendency, that we don't value things a lot of times until we either don't have them or somebody comes along who knows more than we do and goes, do you, do you know what you got there? How many people have you ever heard say this? Man, I had the most wonderful spouse. Now they're gone and I didn't appreciate them. Ever heard people say that? I've heard people say when they shut church down and we open back up, they're like, oh, I am so glad. I never appreciated church. Why? until we took it away. Here's a great prayer this year. I'm praying it because as I, as I looked at this, I realized this is something I believe we've all done. I want to ask the Lord, how do you value your word? 
not how I see it. A lot of times people say, well, okay, it's, you know, it's, I know it's the Bible. I'm supposed to read it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But what if you were talking to the Lord and he was the appraiser? Your Bible's sitting there on the desk. And the Lord says, well, what do you think of this? You know, well, probably worth a couple thousand bucks to me. What if he looked at you and said, it's worth millions. Actually, it's priceless. It's God's word. How do we value it? Good prayer this year. Lord, help me see the value in your word like you do. Help me see the value in people like you do. Help me see the value in your things like we do. Let me see the value in church like you do. Isn't that a good prayer? What we can do is we begin to say, Lord, I, I want to see things from your perspective. Oftentimes we've, we've looked at scriptures and said, well, you know, I know, I know we need to do it. Well, let's look at some of the things that, that Jesus said about it. Well, well, actually, let me go to something first. What if we looked at God's word as a necessity in our life, not as an option? You know, if you purchase a car, an engine is not an option. You don't go, okay, can I opt out of the engine? No, you can't opt out of the engine. You can opt out of the, you can opt out of the, the leather seats and the upgraded sound system, but you can't opt out of the engine. Engine's a necessity. What if we saw God's word as a necessity in our life? Different thought. First Thessalonians, Paul was writing to this church at Thessalonica. He said this, for this reason we also, we thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And God, God's word has the ability to work in us? Absolutely. You know, God's word had the ability for us to be saved. That's how we got saved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. Well, how did you get saved? Somebody, somebody shared the gospel with you. And at some point in time, you said, Jesus, I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life. You didn't come up with that idea on your own. God's word gave you the faith to go, all I need to do is call on him and I'm going to be saved. What a wonderful thing. And has it changed your life? Are you different? Has being a Christian made a difference in you? Yeah. Will it make a huge difference? Yeah. Can it make even more of a difference? Yeah. Because it'll effectively work in you that believe it. And the more you believe it, the more it works in you. You know, it'll set you free from addictions. Free. It'll set you free from fear. It'll set you free from worry and stress and junk. It sets you free from being a negative, nasty person to be around and actually make you someone who's sweet and kind. Say, so, well, I thought church is supposed to do that. No. You can sit in church and be mean as a snake. It's, it's, a, it's a function of what we believe and of what we value. So if, if we valued it more and say, you know what? I don't have to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. It's a sacred privilege, and it's working in me. It's changing me. Joy and I, I've, you've heard our story. We fought like cats and dogs for, for a long time, years. 
but it got progressively better because we just stayed with the Lord. And Joy had, Joy had 1 Corinthians 13 pasted all over the house. 1 Corinthians 13 is the, is the love chapter. Love is patient and kind. Love endures. And I'd open the bathroom cabinet, and there's love is patient, love is kind. I'd reach under and say, you know, honey, where's, where's, the, where's the Drano? Under the kitchen sink. I'd lean down, opened up. Love is patient, love is kind. <laughs> it was all over our house. I finally said, why is it all over our house? She said, I need it. <laughs> but here's the deal. You keep reading that. You keep practicing that. You keep believing that. And it can turn your marriage from hell on earth to a heaven on earth. For real. I didn't make this up. You can actually ask Joy and she would agree. You know how men and women are. Men are like, how's your marriage? She's like, oh, it's good. Wife's over there going. <laughs> so you need both of them in agreement. And I can take We rarely fight now. Going from fighting all the time to rarely fighting? Well, you just matured. How many of you know old, mean people? <laughs> Maturing doesn't necessarily make you kinder. What can change you? What can transform you? God's word in you. If we welcome it, not as the word of men, not as some kind of, uh, you know, well, yeah, I guess I can read my Bible. It's the word of the living God. And when we were the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who created us, and when we put his word in our life, it absolutely can transform us from wherever you are now to something completely different. You could be scared and negative and just and full of fear, and God's word can transform you. Where you can actually be somebody who's fearless and enjoying life and full of love. Say, what'll do that? Well, it's his word. And that's why we have to value his word. He told the Thessalonian church, he said, you guys welcomed it as the word of God. So when you, when you read it, you don't go, well, I have to read my Bible. Would it be good to say, Lord, I want to thank you for this book. I want to thank you that this book changes me and is helping me. Well, I don't feel like it's helping me. Forget your feelings. You don't feel like every time you eat that it's adding muscle and strength or something else to you. <laughs> being, I'm being as nice as I can. But you just know you need to do it. Now, I want you to see something that Jesus said about God's word. Matthew 4, 4. He said this. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus was tempted by the enemy, and they said, you need to turn these stones into bread. He said, I'm not going to do it. And he's talked about that. And, and what he did right here was he likened uh, God's word as spiritual nutrition is comparing it to like natural nutrition. Bread was a staple back then. They ate bread, that's, that's what they ate. And it was a staple. Without bread, you didn't do well. And so 
what, we, what Jesus is saying is we need bread. We need spiritual nutrition just like we need natural nutrition. You realize that the, the, the natural things are a, a pattern of spiritual things. And so when you, when you see a, a, a body that can get stronger and, and develop, spiritually you can get stronger and develop. So Jesus, and let me show you that. But Jesus is, is talking about that. He said it's like, it's like food. And food is a requirement for strength. I was reading this next passage one day, and, and it really just jumped out at me how important this is. It's a little unusual passage. Uh, David and his men are tracking down a group of Amalekite uh, bands that kidnapped all their family. And uh, so they're on their way to, to get these guys. And they said that they, that's David and his men, they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of, of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him. For he'd eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days, three nights. So what has that, that got to do with anything? How many of you know that, that if you don't eat for a while, you get weak? Any of you ever experienced not eating for a while? And if you just, you don't eat for a while, you just, you just, someone says, hey man, come on, we're going to go hiking. You're like, no man, I, no, no. I haven't, hey, come on, we need to clean the garage. No, 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 no. I don't have the strength to do that. And so we need to, we need to eat. So if Jesus says that God's word is food to us, how many of you know that if you want to stay strong, you got to eat. Right? Paul told the Corinthian church, he said, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. So he said, actually, he was talking about his ministry to them. Actually, tonight, this is a feeding of sorts. It, it feeds. And it, that's why it's different from just hearing a speech. It, it's God's word, and with his anointing, it'll feed you. How many of you ever come in here, and I, I know you have because you told me this. I've had people come and say, <laughs> always blesses me. I didn't want to come tonight. <laughs> I can't tell you how much that blesses me. I just, I did not want to come tonight, but I am so glad I did. How many of you have noticed that after coming and worshiping and hearing God's word, you leave stronger than you came in? And, and you, 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 you might have come in kind of dragging in, and you kind of leave like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. Where's the devil? You might have, you might have walked in going, <laughs> and you leave like, what? <laughs> but you get stronger. I, I, am, I am, and I know this, let me just tell myself. I know that if sometimes you can get busy, and notice that, and I've gone a few days. I usually, usually don't like to go, I don't like to go any days. But I've gone a few days without picking up my Bible at all. I know this is horrifying for you to hear as your pastor. But sometimes life happens and you get busy. Am I the only one? Don't even look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Okay. But how about if you know, I can, I can tell in my own life when I've gotten weaker spiritually. I get a little snappier. I get, I'm, I'm irritated quicker. My wife looks at me and says, she just looks at me. Like, you, you need to go read your Bible. 
And, and what happens is, why well, I haven't eaten in a while. You got to stay strong. I'm convinced as a pastor, this is somewhat of what happened and why so many people dropped out of church during this pandemic. What happened a lot of times is you got out of the habit of feeding. You weren't going to church. And then people stopped feeding themselves. Because I am supplemental feeding. Primary feeding actually is on you. And if you really want to get strong, I'm so glad you come to church. I'm so glad you watch online. But if you really want to get strong, take what I do as supplements and feed yourself during the week. And you'll get stronger. And then you won't come dragging into church going, oh, dear God, let me just make it to Wednesday. Let me come on into the church. I'm going, and then by Sunday, you're kind of dragging again like I'm going to make it. And I'm so glad you come on. This is the Wednesday-Sunday crowd. I got it. But the beautiful thing is that you want to get to the place where you don't come dragging in. You come bouncing in. It's good to be here. It's good to be here worshiping the Lord. And you come not just with something to get, but you come with something to give. It's a different, it's a different mindset. It's a different mind. You say, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, you can. Because you can eat. And you can just read. You say, oh, I don't have hours to read my Bible. I'm not talking about hours. I'm talking about just taking a little extra time. Listen, if we want more God, we need to be willing to do more this year. If we don't do different, why do we think we're going to get different? Right? Sometimes we're thinking, well, you know, the Lord's just going to look down and go, bless their heart, they're trying. <laughs> and you wake up and you're like, dog, I'm, I'm super Christian now. I think some people come to church like, one day I'm going to hit the spiritual lottery. I'm going to walk in, the Lord says, well, there they are. And there were four times in a row, hit them. Praise God, no more trouble ever in my life. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> but what, what, what can happen is consistency and just staying with it. And right now, if you don't read your Bible at all, let me, let me challenge you. Three minutes and 65 seconds, which is four minutes and five seconds. But 365 got a better ring to it. But listen, it... it it, it'll take you, start with, could you give me five? Because you just say, Lord, I'm going to spend five minutes. I don't understand what I'm reading. Stop saying that. That's not helping you. It didn't help you in school. It's not going to help you now. <laughs> five minutes. And you read it, and, and, and then, you know, I didn't get anything. You got something. And to say, Lord, I want to thank you. It's your word is spiritual bread to me. And it feeds me, and I'm getting stronger. That's a little bit different mindset, because you, you value this. You know, Lord, thank you. you. You give me the capacity to understand this. Do I, Alan? Do you understand everything you read? No. There are things I don't know, but there are things I do know, and I'll focus on what I do know. If you read a whole 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 chapter, and you don't, you know, like. Well, only one verse made sense to me. 
Hallelujah for the one. Take the one and go. What you'll find is if you'll stay with it. Knowledge and understanding and spiritual strength begin to come. I'll get stronger this year. That's available to you. I promise you it is. If you give me five. So I, I already, I've already, I'm already spending five minutes a day. Give me ten. I'm spending ten. Can you give me twenty? Do I hear thirty? The, the idea behind this is this. If we value God's word, this is a good prayer. Lord, help me value your word like you do. Let me value this. I'm going to put this in my life. I'm going to be stronger. If you read your Bible this year, you will be stronger this time next year. And if you get stronger, here's what happens. Problems that you have problems with, depression, addiction, just being down and negative, you're going to see those start to diminish. I'm not going to sit here and promise you that a year from now you're going to be super Christian and you never have a problem and you're awesome. I'm not promising you that. But I am promising that if you get stronger, your ability to say no to temptation, your ability to say no to problems, your ability to keep your tongue, your ability to walk in love, your ability to, you get stronger, you have the capacity to do these things. Does that make sense? You know that if you get stronger naturally, you can do more. You get stronger spiritually, you can do more. So instead of fasting God's word, fast the stuff that jacks you up and feed on something that's going to help you. You know, you know I love you, don't you? Good. I'm sharing this because this will, this will make a difference. If it doesn't make a difference, if you'll do that, and you'll spend more time, and you'll read, you'll be consistent, and you don't get any stronger, come to me at this time next year. I'll give you all your money back. I'm kidding, but I'm serious. This is, this is one of the keys. And instead of praying over and over again, oh, God, why won't you do something? Oh, God, why won't you do this for me? Oh, God, why won't you do this? You say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to believe that you're working but I'm opening the door for more of you in my life this year. And we're going to see some changes. And I believe we're going to see some, some freedom come and some strength come and some peace come in relationships. You give me two people that will do this, you give me a married couple that will do this, I promise you your marriage can work. Because God can be the glue that holds you guys together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word that is, is so valuable to us. It changes us. It saved us. We're grateful for all that you've done. Thank you. But your word is transformative as we welcome it and believe it. And we do. So I thank you in this group for people watching online. I thank you for a higher valuation of your word. Show us just how valuable and how important it is in our lives. We can treat it as such. Lord, we'll thank you for it because there could be some great fruit that comes out of this. And we give you all the praise. Tent your bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I, 
I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord or I don't, I've been away from him and I know I need to come back. That's where I need to start. And that's, you, you came to a great place because we're going to pray with you. And if that's you, this is a prayer that you can get in on. I'm going to ask you one thing. I'm going to ask you to acknowledge that. It takes courage, it takes humility. If you can acknowledge that and say, Alan, that's me. I know I need the Lord and I know, or I know I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Just real quick, slip your hand up across the auditorium. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you. Anybody else? Yeah, thanks. Got it. Great. Thank you for your honesty. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to. You can still jump in. Let's pray this out loud. We're going to pray it with you as a church. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. But you still bow. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who have stepped out of spiritual darkness into spiritual light, and for those who've come home, who've been away. Lord, we rejoice in that. You receive them with open arms. We rejoice with them. Thank you for doing a work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.